Turn in your Bibles this morning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you'll stand with me again. And we won't ask you to stand anymore. We're going to stand just in honor of the reading of God's Word. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. In our series, Living in the Truth. Living in the Truth. If you're there, say amen. If you're on the screen, say amen. Okay. Sometimes the print on the Bible shrinks as you get older. You have to. Second <laughs> Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity or lawlessness is already at work in the world. Only he who now letteth will let, which means that which is hindering lawlessness uh, until it's removed out of the way. Lawlessness will continue. And then when the church is removed... That wicked one will be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. And here it is. Because they received not the love of the truth, they perished because they would not receive the love of the truth. Not just the truth, but the love in which it was given. And if they'd done that, they would have been saved. And for this cause, what cause? That they would not receive the love of the truth. God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we, who know the truth, were bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. There it is again. Whereunto God called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions, the truth which you've been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And if you would join me one more time in prayer, and I ask you sincerely to pray for me as I pray for myself before I preach to you. Father, I just offer you uh, my life today in the way of a communicator. I make myself available. I, I, I have no trust or I, none of us are impressed with man, much less myself. But Lord, if you can use a vessel to bring forth your word, lives can be rescued and restored and changed. And it's that anointing that I'm asking for that will change the logos, the written word of God, to rhema, the revealed word of God. Let it happen today, Lord, for your glory. Let us leave not thinking of anybody but Jesus. And let our commitment and devotion be unto him and unto him alone. Amen. If you missed last Sunday, it would be great for you to go back online and watch or get a CD or DVD to catch you up. But we talked about truth. What is truth? Truth. Truth is the person and the words of Jesus Christ. Period. Nothing more, nothing less. Jesus told you, I am the way, the truth. Not part of the truth. I'm not a truth. I am the truth. So if we have knowledge, we have knowledge that he is the truth and his words are truth, there's a, there's a broad spectrum of how the world and we react to it. As believers, 
We must first hear the truth. We must acknowledge it as truth. We must receive it as truth. We must esteem it as truth. We must apply it as truth. We must share the truth and we must love the truth. And there are gaps between each one of those. The culmination of faith is you go from receiving the truth, acknowledging it, to loving it. No matter what it shows you. No matter what it shows you about yourself, no matter what it shows you about the world, your denomination, your pastor, your church, mama, granddaddy and them, everybody. That love the truth. Jesus said, don't think that I've come to bring peace to the world. I've come to bring a sword and it will split families in half. What will? The truth. We are to love one another, but we love him and the truth more than one another, more than our neighbors. We are to love our neighbors, but Christ and his words are preeminent and paramount in the life of the believer. Let me read something to you, just kind of an analogy or or, uh, uh, looking at four categories of of the world, uh, the Lord, the disciple, and the indifferent Christian as it concerns the truth. The Lord reveals the truth. The world rejects it. The disciple accepts it. And the carnal Christian believes some of it. The Lord declares it. The world denies it. The disciple confesses it. And the carnal uses it when it's convenient. The Lord offers it freely. The world opposes it ferociously. The disciple defends it passionately. And the carnal has no particular stance. The Lord exalts the truth. The world slanders the truth. The disciple blesses the truth. And the carnal ignore the truth. The Lord lives in the light. The world hides from the light. The disciple is drawn to the light. But the carnal create their own light with a mixture. And the Lord does not lie. The world does not bow. The disciple does not turn away. And the carnal does not care. So I begin this morning with the idea, and this is point number two, that God wants you to submit to the truth. Not just know the truth, that's what we spoke about last week, but submit to to the truth. Because it is the truth that instructs and guides you. Psalms 25, 5, lead me in your truth, Lord, and teach me, for you're the God of my salvation. We, 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 We need to judge everything that we hear on television, the internet, if they're naming the name of Jesus, I don't care how charismatic, I don't care how many people are in their auditorium, if it doesn't line up with the word, it is error. Intentional or unintentional, it is error. When I go to the hospital, there's no room for error when you check my blood work. What if they come back with the report and say, what did the blood show? Well, uh, my truth concerning your blood work is, no, 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 no. Well, I am, uh, I am, I've decided that you are, uh, no, 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 no. What does it say? I want to know the truth. And with so many voices going on, 
If you get any type of hybrid mix, you'll wind up in a ditch. You'll wind up in regret and remorse and out of the covering of God himself. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another, one's, another voice they will not follow. God wants us to submit. You know what submit means? You know, when your wife, you can tell in the tone of her voice that she's been asking you to do something for quite a while. And you can tell that you're right at the point of getting whipped that I just, I submit, I, I, I bow down. Isn't it funny that worship looks like submission? When somebody puts a gun in the middle of your back, what do you do? Oh, have you ever thought about that? Isn't that funny? The symbol of, oh, spare me, is also a form of worship. Submission. We're not just submitting to the person of Jesus Christ, but the words of Jesus Christ. Because the words of Jesus Christ assault your flesh. They assault your self-interest. They assault your self-exaltation. They assault self-preservation. It's impossible to live in the truth and live for yourself. We're not just supposed to disdain ourselves, but we're not supposed to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. To love the truth. When you, you see, you can't be a racist, white to black, black to white, any other color, and love the truth. Can't be it. You can't murder children and love the truth. You can't sleep around on your husband or on your wife or live immorally before and love the truth. You can't be covetous and love the truth. You can't be a glutton and love the truth. You, you can't. So what happens is when we fail in any area, small, and by small I mean that's which impacts others, small or large. The love of the truth makes us bow our knees to the Lord Jesus Christ and confess that what we did was in opposition to the truth and we don't want to be found in opposition to the truth because when I'm in opposition to the truth, I'm in opposition to Jesus Christ the Lord. We don't want to be in opposition to him. And it is a narrow road. It is a difficult road because your flesh hates truth. That's why we create mirrors that make you look better than you look. You know the shops where you buy your clothes? Did you know those aren't real mirrors? What are you talking about? Ask somebody. Because they know if you look good... <laughs> You'll buy it and you get home and you say, I look like a double wide trailer in this. What happened? I, I, I was looking good in there. Scales. When they go to the doctor, the doctor wants you to weigh with all your clothes on. That's the only time I'm not modest. Can't I take some of these off? <laughs> I'm down to Christmas boxer shorts. I'm like, take my watch off. Let's go. Because you can only handle so much truth. Elisha looked at me the other day. He goes, Daddy, you going bald. I might explore some creative hair comb in here before long. Some of y'all got relatives that let one long strand go and then just creative and cover everything up. Come a good rain, though. You can put somebody's eye out. <laughs> anyway. All right. God wants us to submit to the truth because it will protect us. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You will not err if you submit to the truth. The last 
place, and I'm speaking to believers, the last place of your sorrow and pain is when you rejected truth. You knew not to do it and did it. You knew what the Word of God said and you did it. So we must... He gives it to us not to constrain us, but to protect us. Right now, i got two six-year-olds and a four-year-old, and they think that we have created this litany of rules to, to hinder and harm their very being. You know, don't, don't walk on that stair rail. It's a 30-foot drop. Can't have no fun. You know. You know, hanging from the doorknobs. And there's a flight of 26 steps. Right? Don't hang from those. I'm trying. <laughs> Let me just fix this right now. Let me just fix this. No, y'all don't know what that is. I'll get a letter here before long. Is it? Anyway, the Lord, the scriptures are there for our protection. And our flesh says, I'm grown. Well, you can be grown and be stupid. Anybody besides me still paying stupid tax? Okay, okay. All right, we'll skip on now. We, we, we understand. Letter C, God wants us to su submit because submission is an evidence of our sonship. Turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 4. Not everyone that names the name of Christ is a Christian, nor are they sons or daughters of God. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and you've overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world, therefore, they, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. And we are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What he's saying is, Paul is saying, I have been commissioned by God and I am telling you the truth. And the reason you recognize it as the truth is because you are born from above. When the world speaks and the world puts their ad in the newspaper or in the magazine or on television. And it's just insane and everyone politically correct claps along. It said, they hear them because they're of them. This is not arrogance, it's just fact. I know that I am born from above because I know truth. But if you're not living truth in your own life, don't expect to be able to pick out deception outside of your life. It's either truth or lie, truth or error, light or darkness. And God wants us to submit to it because it reflects an invisible kingdom. When, he, when people see us bow our knee and bow our will. When, when I got saved in my mid-twenties, uh, early twenties, my desire to live immorally didn't go away. Your, your living is sexually active as you can be. Drinking everything you can drink. Some of us smoking whatever, whatever. But you give your life to Jesus. Those impulses don't go away. God doesn't save you from the pull of sin. He saves you from the power of sin. And when they see me bow my knee and refuse, it is evident to the world. It is the evidence that there is a kingdom invisible and the king is ruling in my heart. And he says, no. And somehow as Christians, we taught people that it meant holiness to act like you're not tempted. That's a, a new level of holiness. No, what reward is it if it's not tempting? It's like if you go to a buffet, you go to Old Time Country Buffet, and you're there from 1 to 
And then someone offers you a piece of pie and you go, no, thank you. Ain't no, that, that didn't take no effort. You're, you're, you're full. But when, when, when the world sees us not go to the places we used to go to, not sing the songs we used to sing, not watch what we used to watch, not drink what we used to drink, not say what we used to say, not act how we used to act, it shows that we have been born from above and there is a king that rules in our heart. He rules over us. No one likes authority except the mature. You can tell where you are, one of the indicators, in your walk with the Lord, how you react to his authority. I did not stop drinking in 1986 because the church told me not to. I did not through divine revelation in the sense of I didn't have a vision or a dream. I felt the Lord asked it of me. And I later read in scripture how destructive it was. But it's like, give me that. And I've been drunk four or five nights a week for seven years. Yes, sir. And the only areas of continuous sin, by that I mean the areas where you and I will say, well, I'm still struggling with that. What that means is I'm still doing it. I'm struggling with it means I'm still doing it. That's rejection of the truth. And see, if it's just falling short, it doesn't hurt. But when I tell myself I'm rejecting Christ the Lord... That's why he can say of us, for those that love the truth, you are a peculiar people. Peculiar, what does it mean? You don't live by the dictates of your own desires. I said this one time a couple months ago and someone kind of questioned me on it. They said, I'm just not sure if that's good for you to say that because it might let other people think that you're not all the way free. I'm like, what? I have not had... Now, I've failed in other areas, so don't think I'm bragging on myself. But I have not had alcohol since the day I was converted. I still desire it. Brother John, oh, hot day, cutting grass. And, you know, you got lemonade, you got your Diet Dew, you got tea, or you you just... And some of y'all don't know what that sound is. Others do. It's a tall gooseneck. So the, the, the craving's there. But that area where I have victory is simply because I chose to have victory and I denied myself. And you can walk out of anything by submitting to the truth. Anything. Don't need help. Don't need a support group. I'm not against them. Don't, I'm not against them. You don't need them. Well, you can't say that. Yes, I can. But is truth not truth everywhere? Okay, so if a support group is necessary, what does the person do that's born again in prison? What does the person do in the ICU unit? What does the person do that's in a third world country that has no group? He empowers you and you have overcome the world, little children, because you're born from above. Now, my support group can encourage me, but they don't give me life, strength, or power. That come from the Christ. That come from the Christ. Amen. The truth will will separate and consecrate us from the world unto God. One of my favorite verses, one of the first ones I committed to memory. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Don't let people sanctify you. 
Don't let them tell you what to do, where to go, what to wear, what to listen to. Look at your Bible and listen to the Spirit of God. And if you don't feel, the Bible said, if it's not of faith, if you can't do it in faith, don't do it. And you will become perfectly and joyfully consecrated if you submit unto the Lord. See, if you give me the list of rules and I do them, I just wind up resenting you. And that's how you get legalism, which is no longer that common now. It's just everything goes. But legalism makes mean Christians. They are known by what they don't do. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't go to the theater. I don't play cards. Uh, I'm against uh, light bulbs, walking sticks, roll-on deodorant, outdoor floodlights, bubble gum, and blow pops. It's all, it's, I don't do none of it. We're not known by what we don't do. We're known by who we live for. And it consecrates you. If you're in your word and you say, well, I can't, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, I can't lie to you because I love you. I can't steal from you because I love you. I can't look away when you're in need because I love you. I can't be prejudiced against you because I love you. I can't, you see, it consecrates you. I can't love the world. Scripture says if I love the world, I can't love God. Now we have preachers telling us that it's the same. Just love the world. We're all God's children. He said, if I love the world and the things of the world, that the love of God is not in me. That truth consecrates me. It separates me from the world and consecrates me unto God. This is critical. It's both. If you don't have both, you have neither one. Separation from the world, consecration from God, unto God. If I separate from the world only, then I'm miserable because all I do is tell myself no. If I consecrate myself unto God, but haven't separated from the world, I'm constantly failing, constantly sinning, and constantly being condemned in my own heart. But the truth tells you what to do, what not to do. His voice, his spirit says, no, no. And if you live in that, separate from the world, in the world, but not of the world, where it says you don't have anything on me, and consecrated unto God, that happens not by reading the stance of the church where you go, but by knowing the truth, knowing his voice, knowing his words. The, the word you have in your lap is his written voice. Just knowing his voice and never changing it. It transforms you. The Bible says in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. See, we get this backwards. We're trying to make the changes. I need more peace. I just need, turn on some music, turn on some like harp music and sit and burn aromatherapy. I'm going to get at peace. You wake up and you go, this is the day that I declare, I just speak over myself. I'm looking in the mirror. I shall be patient. I am a patient person. I will not be troubled. And you try in your effort and it don't work. It don't work because you're the source of the change. You don't plan change. You consecrate. You separate, you consecrate. And the life that's in you produces fruit. The fruit, not fruits, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I heard somebody say one time, I got the fruit of righteousness. I just don't have the fruit of peace. It's fruit. If you bite into it, it's supposed to have all of them. You see? So we can tell 
who's in submission to the truth by the fruit that they bear. And I'm transformed not by effort, but by submission. By receiving the word, esteeming the word, submitting to the word, uh, loving the word, loving the truth. And that renews my mind. It's not a changed mind, it's a renewed mind. And that's through union with Christ. Is this making sense? Are we following? Okay. I know it's kind of more of a teaching than preaching, but God wants us to submit to the truth because that's where the transformation comes. Some would say, well, why, how does this one grow so fast? And I'm over here. Well, God's no respecter of person. The same grace is available. They just probably knelt sooner. They probably kneel longer. Any of y'all got that kid? You say, sit down. And he... I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. So technically, did they submit? Yeah, but there's some demons still in there. You need a little exorcism. I know some of y'all don't believe in exorcism. My father, Roger, had a deliverance ministry. He did. He'd take me in the back room. I'd be all just, can't tell me nothing, screaming, hollering, and I'd come back out. I just want everyone present to know that I'm healed. <laughs> Not a problem. Healed. <laughs> Delivered. Demon's gone. <laughs> God wants us to submit because it'll liberate you. Listen to this. Jesus said to the Jews which believe on him, if you continue in my word, say if with me. If. Jesus said to the Jews that believed on him. So if they believed on him, are they believers? Okay. Jesus said to the Jews that believe on him, if you continue in my word, you are disciples indeed. And if you're a disciple indeed, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It is not salvation alone. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, what does continue mean? Keep kneeling, keep submitting. Keep acknowledging, keep esteeming, keep appreciating, keep sharing, keep close. Then you'll be my disciples indeed. So that must mean there's some disciples who are not indeed. In deeds, works, you see? He said, and you're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to free you. And that's a byproduct. Listen, a consecrated life is a narrow, difficult life, but the freedom is deep and wide. Freedom is deep and wide. No fear of tomorrow at all. I'm not going to live a day longer than he wants me to live, and I'm not going a day earlier. No fear. Do you realize there are billionaires that would empty their checking account out to know one day of what it feels like not to be afraid or not know what a clear conscience is? When you continue in the word, you're free from the opinions of people. You're free from fear. You're free from bondage. I just walked out. I've had people challenge me on that and say, no, no, what else happened? I said, I walked out. I walked out of the lifestyle. I walked out of the bondage because Christ, his word in me showed me that greater is he that's in me. So just that one phrase than he that's in the world. So all of that, what you did in me is stronger than that. I guess I can walk out. Truth liberates you. Well, my mama was a worrier. My grandmama was a worrier. Great granny was a worrier. That's, that's why I am. You've been born again. 
Old things have passed away and all things are made new. And you realize I'm a new creation in Christ. So regardless of what all they did and regardless of what my natural inclinations are, the spirit in me is greater than the natural inclinations. So I'm just going to submit to the truth and say, I believe that I'm as free as God said I am. Free to worship. Free to be you. When I first started preaching, I was so self-aware. I don't have the words to tell you in depth, and I won't take the time. And it may sound a small thing to you, but it was a very tormenting thing. I was very nervous to talk in front of people because I was aware of my bad grammar. I was aware of my twang, the country, you know. I was aware uh, that I trembled. I was so trying to be who I saw. And they were wonderful men of God. And I esteemed them. And I esteemed their gift. And when I realized that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. And he designed me flaws and all. Weaknesses, insecurity, all those things. Well, God doesn't make flaws. No, I'm, I'm in flesh. I'm flawed. And I used to would never cut up. I would, and you can take this in context and take it how you like, agree or disagree. And I am a reverent person. I know what reverence is. But I would not let that part come out because I was afraid of what you would think. And God made me that way. And I am able to communicate truth better sometimes in something funny. And I've had people write me and tell me, they go, you know what you do? I'll be laughing, laughing, laughing. And you'll slap me right across the face with the word. And it freed me when I realized I don't have to impress you. I get to be me. Flaws and all. And I can be me easy. You know, you know how freeing that is? That I get to be me? Someone asked me not too long ago. They said, why do you always wear a suit? Nobody else wears a suit. I said, because I look that good in a suit. I can do me good. If you're not free today... You can take me to the area, the category, and I'll show you the place where you have rejected or resisted truth. Known truth. I shouldn't be with this person. I shouldn't be doing this. I should. I should. Christians become bound at the last place they tell God no. And some of us will go years. I've done it. You've done it. Go years. And go right back and sample something that God freed us from a long time. And the first thing that goes is your clear conscience. And then an awareness that the Lord has distanced himself from. He's not abandoned you, but you don't have the connection. And you feel guilt and remorse. And see, what you learn is God's ruined you. You are wrecked. You can go back. You're just going to be miserable. <laughs> Seriously. I had a believer tell me, he said, you could never go back. I said, yes, I could. I go right to the store right now and, and buy as much beer as I want. You, you, can't, you can go back and do anything you were doing. But because the spirit of God is in you, he loves you so much. That word called conviction is one of his greatest gifts to you. He makes you miserable. Miserable. Like a dog going back to its vomit and eating it up is what the Bible says not before lunch. That's what it says. How happy is that dog? Frees you. Transforms you. Preserves you. Protects you. 
grows you, nourishes you. Free, freedom. Are you free today? Sir, and I'm not picking on one thing. I'm, I'm just I'm showing you the absurdity of it. So a little cigarette, not, this, not that long, rolled roll tobacco. So Jesus in you can't whip that. Jesus in you can't stop you from cursing or enable you to stop cursing. Do you realize how ridiculous that is? He has went into my soul, recreated me, scrubbed me from my sins, not just forgave me, but cleansed me from even the residue of sin and said, well, that controls me. No, you like that. And our problem is we were never taught in the church that, yeah, you can like that and still tell it no. Is what you're doing worth the bondage? One of my greatest fears in my life would be to be locked up. Fear. I just wouldn't do, I don't like crowds, like, you know, like people, I got tickets to so-and-so ball game. I said, I got a recliner in a room with my dog. Well, well, it's just I'm wired. And in the same way, in the spiritual realm, bondage is one of my greatest fears. Is what you're doing worth the bondage? If not, walk out in Jesus' name. Walk away in Jesus' name. Submit to the truth. Say, your word says, O oh Lord, that if I continue in your word, I would be a disciple indeed. And I would know the truth. And when I submit to that truth, I will be free. And there's enough there for that freedom. Ben, if you would come, please. God wants to submit to the truth because it will defend us. Psalms 91 says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings will you trust. His truth will be your shield and buckler. Oh, how many times I've used it. See, the truth is not just what I can't do. It's what I have. And the world comes against me and you don't feel like you can make it and, and arrows are shot and you, you'll, you'll hear things from other people or you'll hear your own soul tell you you're worthless, you're a failure, uh, you know, you're this, you're that. And then you read in the word that you are precious to him. And that word is a shield when they say you are insignificant. He died for me. Not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of the Son of God. And it reflects those arrows. I had your mama, I had your grandma, and I got you. And I'll kill you before your 50th birthday, just like I killed them. And he said, my steps are ordered of the Lord. I won't die a day before he wants me to die. You see, the truth defends you against lies, error, facts, crowds, masses, anything that comes your way. And above all else, taking the shield of faith which is able to extinguish all, you didn't hear me, all of the fiery darts of the enemy. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Your faith in God. How do I know what to tell the devil if I don't know the truth? You are alone. Ain't nobody called, ain't nobody wrote. You're alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're alone. Matter of fact, the angel of the Lord is in this room because it said he encampeth round about them that fear him to deliver them. And you might not want to make him mad. You, you, you're not going to make it. Oh, I have to make it. 
because I'm in him and he is seated in heavenly places. You'll never see heaven. Oh, the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and trump of God. Everybody that's ever died is going to get up out of the ground. Everybody that's died in Christ. And we which are alive and remain, we caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord near. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The word of God has an answer to everything. Got to know the truth. You got to appreciate the truth. You got to submit to the truth. You have to love the truth. It defends us. It keeps us. Psalms 40, verse 11. Oh, Lord, let your loving kindness and truth continually preserve me. Oh, it generates faith. I might save that. That's a deeper one for later. It preserves me. It keeps me. sustains me. The last day assault on the world is not immorality. The world's been immoral for years. It's grosser now. It's more in your face. But the sexual revolution of the 60s is about as, I mean, it's, it's sex outside of it. So now you just have it on the internet. So see, immorality is not the last wave. The last wave is, what is truth? We're all, you get these Protestant ministers on a stage with Buddhist and Islamist and atheist. I read an article yesterday. I put it on my webpage, um, Clarion Sound, where a woman sued her denomination to continue pastoring even though she's an atheist and so not to do the lawsuit they said okay you just atheist what is truth thy word is truth our job is not to straighten out the world that doesn't know God you're not going to have a kingdom until the king comes our job is to know the truth live the truth and love the truth know the truth Live the truth and love the truth. No confusion. Does God believe in same-sex marriage? Absolutely not. Scripture is clear. He also doesn't agree with that man that's married who's unfaithful to his wife. It's, it's, It's very simple. Don't let this wave of television personalities and celebrities who promote this it's a conglomeration. And I was talking about that minister that's standing on the stage and we're all God's children. No, we're not. Only those that are born from above are God's children. Well, the Lord made me this way. Uh, You know, I could say that about me. I was a drunk fornicator. The Lord made me this way. No, you were born in sin, and that's your leaning. The Lord didn't make you that way. We, we, We sin because we have a sin nature in us. We have to know the truth for ourselves. We have to know the truth about about all these things. And it's going to be unpopular in this last day for there to be a one world belief system, a one world religion, a one world government. We all have to think the same. Or we just group everything together and says, whatever you believe is room for all of it. And then you have nothing. what's going to separate the believer that Christ comes for and the one that's left behind whatever your theological stance is it says unto them that look for him the truth shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation if I love the truth I love his appearing you only love Jesus as much as you love the truth I want you just to bow your heads and think about that.
I only love Jesus as much as I love the truth. So Lord, I just start with me. Help me, oh God. Sober my mind. Sober my heart, oh Lord, in these last days, not to be siding with the world that hates you. Let us go outside the camp bearing his reproach. Let us be like Moses who esteemed not the riches of this world, but 